2: Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. Last year, we all had an excuse to pretty much veg out. You were stuck in the house for what we thought was going to be a little short period of time. Some of us lost our jobs, we had our hours cut, um, we had to homeschool our kids. You were stuck in front of the computer doing virtual work, meetings, or social events. Well, it's a new year, friends. So it's time to get back to yourself or an even better version of yourself. So today we're going to talk about ways to live a healthier lifestyle. To help me discuss ways that we as women can live a more active, healthy life, I have a very special guest with me, Dr. Jade Norris. Dr. Jade is a family medicine physician who believes in the power of utilizing lifestyle changes to prevent and reverse chronic diseases. In addition to being a wellness specialist, she is also a Christian wife, mother, and an entrepreneur. She is CEO of Inspire LLC and author of the Empowerment Children's book, You Can Call Me Queen. Dr. Jade shares Weekly Wellness Wednesday health videos on her YouTube channel, Lifestyle Med with Dr. Jade, and is committed to promoting health and wellness, especially in communities of color. Dr. Jade, welcome to the podcast.
3: Thank you so much
2: for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> so tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you embark on the journey to practice lifestyle medicine.
3: Yes, thank you. So I am a family medicine physician by training, but I have emphasized my training in specializing in lifestyle and preventative medicine. And my passion for this really started in medical school. When I went into med school, I thought I was gonna be an OBGYN actually. But as I sat in lectures, lecture after lecture after lecture, every single disease, chronic disease, lifestyle related disease we learned about, Um, whether it was obesity, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, they would always have this slide that had everything broken down by race. And in almost every slide, Black people or African-American people were listed as number one in all of these diseases. And it made me frustrated. It made me angry. But God told me, you know, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to focus on. And that really fueled my passion for guiding my training and emphasizing and dedicated my life to medicine to focus on wellness, lifestyle, what the research says about that, and helping to educate communities of color to help reverse chronic disease disease. In communities of color, and so that was on the professional aspect. But then on the personal aspect, um, I saw my grandmother die of lung and breast cancer related to smoking cigarettes, and I saw my grandfather pass from complications of type two diabetes after getting his legs amputated. And I, you know, if they had healthier lifestyles, those also could have been prevented. So all of that on the professional and personal realm really fueled my passion to emphasize wellness in my family medicine training.
2: That's powerful. Um, I hate that we couldn't get you on the obese side and convince you to come over to the wild side, but um, it sounds like you're definitely needed there because everything um, and all these disease processes and as a maternal fetal medicine specialist, all I deal with is high-risk pregnancies. But when I look at it, most of it stems from obesity, right? And obesity is uh, something that some people are genetically inherent to have obesity, but we can fight that, right? You don't have to um, be obese. You can change your lifestyle to change your health outcomes. So um, I definitely um, agree with you. Um, there is a big need um, for lifestyle medicine. And me, myself, I have, you know, fat genes in my family. I tell people all the time, like, listen, my mom is one of 11 and they're all fat. And so I am fighting genes, which, um, you and I follow each other on social media all the time. You've seen like I'm trying to this year um, live a much healthier lifestyle so that as I'm going and approaching age 40, I am not, you know, facing this, you know, the challenges my family has had to face with obesity and all of the disease processes that come with that. So Dr. J, what, what do you think the biggest barriers are um, that people face about, living healthier lifestyles
3: that's a great question there are two things that i see the most with my patients and clients and the thing that comes up the most is mindset the second thing is motivation motivation and mindset so the first thing there's so much negative self-talk there's so much of what we say we can't do and once people get their mindset together and believe that they can do it That is half the battle. And once they are motivated, that is the second half of the battle. And then when the mindset and the motivation are in order, that's when people really start to prioritize their health. And that's when we start to see some change.
2: Yeah, I think that some people think, you know, if I only had a personal chef, I would eat healthy. If Mm -hmm. I had a personal trainer I could work out or even a Peloton, they could work out. Um, So it's the excuses. Um, Expound on that a little bit. Like how can people do that without having a a personal chef or, you know, having a, a subscription or a gym membership? How can they do that? How would you tell your patients to do that?
3: you know, that is why I started my YouTube channel. It really started after visit after visit with patients and hearing literally every excuse in the book. And, and they're real, they're real barriers and barriers are no, no joke. Everybody has a barrier. Right. But I wanted to show people, okay, well, I'm a physician. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. Uh, I have a toddler And, and I'm in my last year of residency. So I'm working up to 80 hours a week. Let me show people how I make health a lifestyle because it does have to be planned. It does have to be prioritized. And if I can show them how I do it, that can give them some ideas of how they can implement it in their life. So that's really what fueled and started my YouTube channel. And so things like, um, how to meal prep, some people just don't have the tools and know how to do certain things. So that's why I started my video, how to meal prep like a boss, where I just show my easy, applicable way to meal prep. Um, that's why I talk about um, how to how to have a healthy lifestyle for busy people, because that's the most common thing I hear is like, I'm just so busy. And I was like, well, here are my five tips on how I do it with a busy lifestyle. So just sharing little key things like that really helps to help people to address their barriers.
2: Now, how much, because um, you know, it's 80% nutrition in terms of meal prepping. So what about people that say, I don't want to eat the same thing every day or I may
3: meal prep, but when I get to lunch, I don't want to eat that anymore. Mm, That's a good one. So I look at what do you like to eat? And then how can we adjust the ingredients to just make it more nutrient dense and better for your body? So I ask my patients, what do you like? If they tell me pizza, then I'm teaching them how to make a pizza with toppings that are, you know, healthier for their body and more nutritious, keeping some things they like and slowly transitioning. I think one thing that really gets people is that, you know, I totally, totally recommend a primarily whole food plant-based nutrition, right? But we look at health on a health spectrum. And it's so important for us to look at where you are now and what are the small changes we can make one step at a time to transition them in that direction.
2: So, um, hey, baby. <laughs> so, um, I I didn't know that you recommended complete pa- uh, plant-based nutrition. You do
3: for your patients. So, I recommend a primarily whole food plant-based nutrition. So, as as close as we can get to me, eighty to ninety percent of the diet being primarily whole food plant-based. And I like to look at it as primarily because it is totally. It's great to have things that you love to have. You know, cheat days, things like that, because it's not about what you can't eat and focusing on the restriction, but what you can eat and then making that a lifestyle so that you can have those you know, other things that you enjoy that aren't as great for your health snuck in here and there. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking for myself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, okay, now that we talked about nutrition, um, can you give us some quick ways that people can stay active? So if they have a toddler like you and I do, like how can you stay active without necessarily having a gym membership? And right now, you know, a lot of people aren't going to the gym or they're afraid to go to the gym because of, Um, COVID-19. So how can people uh, stay active uh, during this time of the pandemic?
3: Absolutely. So I'm all about make your fitness fun. That's the number one thing. Whatever is fun for you, do that. So for example, that looks different in different phases of life. Before I was a mom, that looked like going to a CrossFit gym. I loved CrossFit. That was fun to me, but that was what was great in that phase of life. Then after baby was born and she was a newborn, it was all about, okay, what can I do to bond with my baby and still be active? So we did mommy baby workouts. We got a fitness stroller. We would go on walks. We would go on hikes. That was what was great for me in that phase. But now she's a toddler and she's sleeping in a little bit. So I wake up early in the morning before she wakes up. I know she wakes up about 8 a.m. So I wake up about 5 or 6 a.m. and I get in my workout in the house. I do home workouts. Yes, I use the Peloton app. I don't have a Peloton bike. I have a regular spin bike, but I use the Peloton app. Um, And I love the outdoors. I'll go on a morning run, a morning jog, but using what you have. So we have the outdoors. I'm a little spoiled because I'm here in California. So the weather's pretty nice. But you know, you have your house. In my house, all I have is weights, a spin bike, and a mat. And there's so many workouts I can do with just body weight too, with no equipment. So really just making it fun and making it accessible based on what you have with you and what you can use right there no excuses
2: yeah okay she's talking to me okay no <laughs> excuses I love it um,
3: do you have any uh,
2: workouts posted um, on your YouTube channel like your mommy and me time yeah I actually
3: that- have a mommy and me video this was when I was pretty new and postpartum I think she was like two or two months I look at that video and I cringe a little bit now cuz I'm like oh I was I was out of shape y'all but it's okay you know that's where <laughs> you're at but that's why I filmed it to give people motivation on what's real we're not all going to be ripped right after baby, right? So here's what you can do. So yes, I do have a Mommy and Me video on there. I have a whole fitness playlist on my YouTube channel and on my Instagram at Dr. Jade MD. At the top of my page and my stories, I have all type of home workouts on there. So lots of fitness motivation on both of those places. That is awesome. I'm going to have to, I'm subscribed,
2: but I am going to definitely have to uh, go and check that out myself perfect so um dr jade at this portion of the show we usually review some cases that have been sent in talk through them and give um some advice perfect so medical intern what's our first case for today
4: our first case is a 26 year old woman who is trying to get pregnant she weighs 338 pounds and is five foot two inches tall she has high blood pressure that is well controlled on but no other medical problems. She presents for a preconception consult for advice about getting pregnant.
3: Dr. Jade, how would you approach this uh, case or so what
4: advice would you give?
3: Absolutely, so this is a typical patient I see in my clinic all the time. So first thing I would do is schedule a lifestyle medicine appointment in my clinic, which I do. And I also do wellness consults where I do the same type of appointment with my clients. So I would schedule a lifestyle medicine appointment Uh, the first thing I'm looking at is the elevated BMI or body mass index. You know, that's definitely contributing to her high blood pressure and also probably the barriers that are are, are contributing to her difficulty getting pregnant. So the first thing I like to do is a 24-hour diet recall, you know, because when I ask people, what are you eating? Typically, people will say, I eat pretty good or I don't eat that bad, you Mm -hmm. know, but I'm like, Now, I want to know a 24-hour recall. Tell me what you ate yesterday. What did you eat the day before? What did you eat the day before that? From top to finish and when we talk about the food the snacks the time that they're eating the the amount of sleep that they're getting the amount of snacks that are happening in between what they're drinking very important um, when we look at the, all of that we typically find lots of areas that can be improved okay and then I want to know how much are you moving how much are you exercising what does that look like in your life and once we really you know filter through all of those specifics we're able to see how we can slowly transition, what's the next best step to transition towards that primarily whole food plant-based nutrition and what's our next best step in activity to get us towards our fitness goals as well. So that's how I would really um, address that at first. And the other thing I would be asking her is how long she's been trying to conceive. Because once my patients are heading towards that 12 months of trying having unprotected unprotected sex and really trying to conceive, that's when I'm also going to be, in addition to the lifestyle, working with them closely with close follow-up, that's when I'll also be referring to our wonderful OBGYN colleagues as well to address possible infertility workups that may be needed.
2: Yeah, I agree with everything you've said. I would tell her, listen, you can have sex for fun at this point, but I don't want you to get pregnant. Right? Because the reason that she's not getting pregnant is probably because she's not ovulating. And when you are when you have a BMI that's you know in that morbid obese range, I mean over 40, um, your body is not ovulating regularly. So even if you're having a cycle, it's usually not a regular cycle, and you may even just have have breakthrough bleeding and not ovulating. So that's probably that probably has a lot to do with her getting pregnant. So I would want her to keep a menstrual calendar in addition to um, learning about her weight loss and, and nutrition. I would want her to keep a menstrual calendar so we know if she's re- ovulating regularly. If your cycles come um, not. A, it, more than 32 days apart, you're not ovulating. You're just having anovulatory uh, bleeding. And so we would need to work on monitoring the frequency of your cycles to see when you're actually ovulating. Even weight loss, uh, as little as 10 pounds, can trigger ovulation. So she doesn't have to lose an extreme amount of weight, but she does need to lose enough that will make her ovulate uh, regularly, meaning... Every 28 to 32 days, she should be having a regular predictable cycle. That may take, for some people, weight loss. That may take you needing to be on a birth control pill to regulate your cycle and then take you off of that birth control pill. But I would um, start there. Um, I also want to make sure I, I let this listener know that at 338 pounds, even if you lose 10 pounds and you do start ovulating, you're at risk for some stuff to happen in a pregnancy. And so that's why I would say, don't try to get pregnant at this point. Lose a significant amount of weight. You don't have to be at ideal body weight. You don't have to be skinny mini, but you do need to get out of that 300s range and at least get into the mid 200s range. And so um, one, people that have morbid obesity are at increased risk for gestational diabetes, even if she doesn't have underlying diabetes, which she very well could have some insulin resistance there being 338 pounds. But if she doesn't, obesity in itself does put you at risk for having gestational diabetes. That's usually diagnosed in the pregnancy somewhere between 26 and 30 weeks. Gestational diabetics have an increased risk of some bad stuff happening to their babies if they're not very well controlled. Her high blood pressure is also going to put our risk for a superimposed preeclampsia, which preeclampsia, I have YouTube videos on this. I have a podcast episode on this. Preeclampsia is when you have high blood pressure and vascular damage. That vascular damage looks like protein in your urine. So that pre meaning before and then eclampsia is when you have a seizure in pregnancy, obviously can be life-threatening, you can have life-threatening complications, and your baby can be smaller, as well as be deprived of oxygen, which puts you at increased risk of a stillbirth. So because of those two big things that can put you at risk for other complications of the pregnancy, that is why the most important thing here is to lose weight before you try to conceive, in addition to monitoring your ovulatory pattern. So I agree with Dr. Jade, it's time to really focus on the lifestyle and weight loss and your health and nutrition over your desires for fertility. And, and the good thing is you're 26. You're young. I remember when I was 26. Dr. Jay, do you remember? I just are you 26 right now?
3: No, I'm 31. It wasn't, too, 31. Long wasn't too long ago. It wasn't too long ago.
2: Yeah, I just remember when I was 26, I had, you know, just finished medical school. I wasn't even thinking about having a baby. I was recently engaged. I call that engagement off and I'm married to some other man, but (laughs) that is what happened. And I was just young and fabulous. I mean, so I say that because this listener has plenty of time to get her life together, still be, you know, fabulous, achieve her goals um, work out,
3: get fit, and then get pregnant. Totally agree. Absolutely. So much pressure on us to, to get right in and have them young. Yes, she has time. The lifestyle is so key.
2: Absolutely. So um, the case pearl for this case is losing weight before you try to conceive will help decrease your risk of other complications in your pregnancy and long-term lifetime complications. Medical intern, what's
4: our second case? Our second case is a 32-year-old who is six weeks postpartum with her second child. She gained 80 pounds with her last pregnancy and now weighs 216 pounds and is five foot three. She had been breastfeeding, but because she reports increased fatigue, she sometimes supplements with formula. She's been having a difficult time after her last pregnancy because she feels overwhelmed. She presents for her postpartum check and to discuss weight loss.
2: Dr. J, does that medical, when you hear the medical intern report, does it bring back, uh, it brings back work for you?
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great. I see lots of postpartum visits. You know, in family medicine, we do low-risk pregnancy and delivery, low risk labor and delivery. So I see lots of postpartum visits that are like this. And the thing about being a, a female doctor who has a baby, you can relate to the patient so much. So I relate to this patient with, you know, she had an 80 pound weight gain. I had a 50 pound weight gain. I remember when I said, when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh, I'm just going to gain 20 pounds, maybe 25, but no, you know, it all does what it does. I gained 50 pounds and it was a transition after. And so I can relate to this patient, but But the first thing I would look at and want to address with her is her fatigue and the feelings of being overwhelmed. Um, I would want to know more about what her support system looks like, how baby bonding is going. And I would want to do, of course, my screening, my Edinburgh postnatal depression uh, scale screening to see if there's any postpartum depression going on. And once the mood and mental health component were appropriately addressed then I would want to you know, start making the lifestyle, smart goals with her, the specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-based goals with close follow-up to then address how we can start getting her towards her postpartum goals. But the first thing I'd wanna make sure of is how is your mental health? How is your mood? What does your support system look like right now?
2: I like that, yeah. When I read, um, when you're saying this uh, case, I was like, oh, this is screaming postpartum depression. I mean and and postpartum depression can look very different to different people and if you don't feel great you're not going to lose weight you're not going to have the energy to lose weight and so i agree i would definitely uh do a postpartum depression screen which usually people do at at the at two weeks after delivery and again at the six weeks postpartum visit and she would, this Edinburgh score, I mean, it's definitely high. I mean, she probably failed her depression screen, which would prompt her to be referred for counseling. And some people, when we talk about counseling, it's like something must be wrong with me. Well, no, that I think that everybody needs a counselor. Like, let me start there. I feel like everybody needs a counselor. I feel like you, your mental health should be treated just as equally as your physical health. And I think at that point, that is what I would hone in on. I would make sure she was referred for counseling. I would go over her um, her support system, as you said, Dr. Jade. Um, and then once we address that and she's feeling better and feeling more like herself, then I would refer her to Dr. Jade for a for a wellness consult so that her diet can be addressed and we implement an exercise regimen and things like that but, I, you know, I don't think we should ignore the fact that her mental health needs to be addressed here. And I don't think that we can address the mental, you know, the, the physical and the um, weight, you know, the weight loss or, or lack of, lack thereof before we address the mental health aspect of everything.
3: I totally agree. Absolutely.
2: So our case pearl for today is um, treat your mental health as you do your physical health. If you don't feel good, you will not be able to do normal day-to-day activities. So don't beat yourself up if you're postpartum. It's okay to ask for help, um, especially mental health. Do we have any email cases for today?
4: So our emailed case says, I'm having a difficult time losing weight since my last baby two years ago. I've tried to eat healthier, but can't get those last 20 pounds off because I have limited time to exercise with the baby. I was wondering, do you recommend weight loss pills like Adipex and Bontril to help with weight loss? I know
2: different people feel differently about this. Even talking to other doctors, I think that different people feel differently about, you know, whether or not to prescribe weight loss pills. What role does weight loss pill do? Weight loss pills play um, and, um, you know, whether or not you should offer patients this, especially if um, they're trying to lose something like 20 pounds. Um, Dr. Jade, how do you feel about weight loss pills?
3: Yeah, so again, I look at the details of what is going on with the patient. You know, I have patients that will say, I'm eating healthy. I've changed my life, but I want to know the specifics of that. What are you eating? If you don't have time to work out, how can we increase movement in your day? Things that you're already doing in your day, how can we just turn that that um, exercise and in, in that activity up a notch? And so usually when I sift through the specifics that are going on and what they're eating, there are ways we can approach that. And also different mechanisms or techniques, health techniques, such as intermittent fasting, incorporating that into the diet for short-term periods as well, can really Really? revamp the metabolism. So for me, I really use all the different tools I have in my health and wellness toolbox for that particular person and fine-tune that before I look to any type of weight loss pills. I'm not against them, but... For me, if you haven't um, really utilized the whole aspect of the lifestyle, then just adding a pill on top is just gonna be a band-aid. And if you don't have the lifestyle tools yet, even if I give you a weight loss pill, we're still gonna be basically combating that pill with a poor lifestyle. So that's why I don't go for pills first in any of my, of my medicine, whether it's diabetes, blood pressure, weight loss, that always comes after we have really revamped the lifestyle component.
4: So
2: in my in my head, I really wanted to be um, a, a bariatric surgeon. I don't know if I told anybody this. That's awesome. But I used to want to be a bariatric surgeon, and it probably because my husband and I watch my six hundred pound life all the time, <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I need to be a bariatric surgeon. So now I've started like investigating like ways to do like be a weight loss specialist and. And a lot of these type of talks come up with prescription of you know adipex and bontril and med spas and things like that that a lot of physicians are creating now. And I think that they're great resources um, to hold people accountable in their weight loss journey. And once they stall off, then I think that there is a place to add, you know, adipex or bontril or um contrave. Like I think that those those pills have a place. But as Dr. Jade says, I think that you can't just put a Band-Aid on something too. You can't eat out and expect for your appetite to be cut with Atapex. And then once you get off of Atapex, because you're only supposed to be on these type of pills for a short period of time, you haven't changed your eating habits and you haven't changed your lifestyle, then you're going to be surprised when you gain even more weight back. Um, So you can't treat it as a a Band-Aid if you're going to try these type of pills they have to one be monitored which these require a prescription but and I would rather somebody do a prescription weight loss pill than than an over the counter me personally because a lot of the things that you find on the net are not FDA approved and we really don't know what's in them but if you're going to do a pill you have to incorporate those lifestyle changes for that pill to be effective because yeah you'll lose 20 or 30 pounds over the course of you know 1 to 3 months but the question is, how long are you going to sustain it? And if you're having issues with your heart, like if you have hypertension and you're getting treated with stimulants that can rev up your heart rate, well, that can cause a lot of other issues long-term. Um, so I would definitely start first with, with um, lifestyle changes first. Um, I would also want to make sure, in addition to really knowing her lifestyle, really knowing her medical history, like... Some people, after the hormones and the impact on your body from diabetes, you may have underlying thyroid disorder that could be the reason that you 're not losing weight, so I want to check her thyroid function. Um, I would want to um, make sure that there's nothing else going on that would preclude her from um, from losing weight and then once we rule out those medical reasons for not losing weight, then yes, I would go to making sure she you know consistently kept a kept a food diary and worked out five days a week, at least 30 to 45 minutes a day to make sure that she's active. And then once that's been sustained for about three months, if, you know, hey, you're not losing any weight, then we can talk about, hey, what can we do to help you out here um, so that we can give you a little short-term boost. But recognize that these diet pills are short-term. Now, some people may have heard people on Atapex for years. I've heard of it. I don't know about you, Dr. Jade, if people have come to you on, you know, these medicines
3: not for typically. a long time. Yeah, not okay. typically. They come looking for them, but I haven't had very many patients that have been on them long time. Okay,
2: well, that's good. I mean, because I see it in pregnancy and people don't want to stop it. And I'm like, um, yeah, you sort of kind of need to stop this appetite <laughs> suppressant in pregnancy um, and people that swear they can't focus without Atapex. I'm like, you probably have ADHD and you were probably supposed to be on Adderall if you are, uh, you know, hooked on Atapex, but I've seen it and it is a short term fix. So you really do have to change your lifestyle, um, in order to uh, sustain, uh, weight loss. I don't know if you have any other comments about that, uh, Dr. Jade.
3: Yeah, this just goes with my mantra. Everybody knows my mantra on my channel is all about health. It's a lifestyle. And really, when you apply that to just about every aspect of your health, making it a lifestyle, not focusing on these short term quick fixes, crash diets, none of that is sustainable. Like you said, the rebound weight gain um, is real. And it's going to happen if we haven't really transitioned this into a lifestyle shift. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome.
2: Well, Dr. J, thanks so much for being a guest on our podcast today. Please tell our listeners about any upcoming ventures you have, any exciting news that you want to share.
3: Go ahead and share with our listeners. Thank you again so much for having me. I just really appreciate it. Loved, this is my favorite topic. So I love, anytime you want to talk about health and wellness, I'm there. So things that, you, where, places you can find me, one on Instagram, you can join our Instagram fam at Dr. Jade, MD like the stone. Um, join our YouTube fam. We do wellness Wednesday videos. Every Wednesday, I give short, digestible, lifestyle medicine, evidence-based videos on all aspects of lifestyle on Wellness Wednesdays. That channel is called Lifestyle Med with Dr. Jade. Um, we also have a book of empowerment and encouragement for our little girls called You Can Call Me Queen that can be purchased on drjademd.com, signed and book copies. It's also on Amazon. And a lot of people, including you, Dr. Plenty, asked me, what about the boys? You know, So I do have You Can Call Me King coming out in the spring for our boys as well. We just need messages of empowerment and encouragement for our children, especially our children of color. And so we're definitely trying to inspire them.
2: Awesome. Awesome. I love everything that you're doing. Um, I follow you on social media and I'm like, she is a boss. And, you know, if you if you follow her, everything is just so positive. You know, you can't really go through her page and see anything that's our Debbie Downer, like you'll be motivated just by, just by following her page. Um, but the biggest news and the exciting news is that Dr. Jade and she is she is uh, showing you what she's doing on her YouTube channel. But she is starting her own practice. So tell yes. us about that, Dr. Jade.
3: Yes, I'm so excited. So as I've you know gone through residency, I've just learned that you know our system just doesn't value. This lifestyle, talking about wellness, you know, we're not reimbursed for that. We don't have the time for that. Our system is so um, strapped. You know, you have these quick 15-minute appointments. And I just knew that after residency, I could not practice like that. That's not how I was called to medicine. And I learned about a practice model called Direct Primary Care, which is a subscription-based model, kind of like a Netflix or a Costco type of model or a gym membership type of model where your members pay your doctor directly and they work for the patient. And we have 30 to 60-minute appointments and they have full access to me, directly to me, not through a, a, a call center. No, they have my number. They can text me. They can call me and I guarantee same day and next day appointments. So it is quality, affordable healthcare that focuses on wellness and care and health of our patients, not about, you know, being controlled by insurance companies. So I am so excited about this. I am 12 months away from the opening. We are doing a January 1st, 2022 opening in Las Vegas, in my hometown. If anybody from Vegas is listening, you know, I cannot wait to come back home. But yes, I am vlogging the 12-month journey. So many people ask me about you know, business and how to grow a business. I have no idea, really. I'm learning as I go. So I am going to vlog the 12-month journey of opening our direct primary care office in Las Vegas. So super excited. That is amazing.
2: And um, such a big feat, such a big, big venture. And I'm, I'm very proud of you and everything that you're doing and wish you best of luck. Don't forget about the little people when you make it big. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so Dr. Jade, drop your social media handle one more time so our uh, listeners can know how to follow you on Instagram.
3: Yes. Instagram is at Dr. Jade, M-D-D-R-J-A-D-E-M-D. And YouTube is Lifestyle Med with Dr. Jade. My website is drjademd.com. You can always reach out to me there. We have a contact me page there, so you can always message me directly on there as well.
2: Well, listeners, thanks so much for listening to the Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode and have an amazing week. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication, or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Also subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye.
1: regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a Mean Old Lion Media production.
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help.